Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is another Bree suggested episode. <laughs> it's not how Bree's episodes, or it's not what's said in Bree's episodes, yeah. but it's how Bree's episodes make you feel. And everyone loves them. They make them people feel warm. They make people feel like alive. Like filing a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't say the topic. No. Um, straight spaces. Yes. Because you know that in this podcast, we are huge straight allies. <laughs> we love a straight they space. They need our help. <laughs> they need their own spaces. They need our allyship. They're they struggling out there right now. <laughs> For a dollar a day, you can keep a straight safe. <laughs> In their local pub. Yeah. Um, no, we're going to be talking about like the comparison between queer spaces and places that are dominated by straight folks. But before we get into that, make sure to follow, subscribe, share our podcast everywhere. And also click the link in our bio at I Can Explain Podcast. And there's merch. There's our Patreon. Follow us personally at Sean Dallusk and at Brian Williamson. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, I have mm-hmm. some housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first is. Um, oh, you've got a few few things. To this get is just. To. This is just. I just type things because mm. I'm a content creator, so I just like to keep my thoughts. As the creative process is flowing, you just want to <laughs> jot things down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so have you heard this weird push about not using the word queer? No. So there's this weird, I think when push, when I say push, I mean a very small push. I don't think it's a large Like movement. from who? From people within the community? From within the community. What? And this is a super short article. And okay. I think it... I mean, I know because I've read this article, but Uh it's coming from an older gay man. And it says, Carl Lockwood. I'm not doxing him. It says his name. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I did some research and I got Carl's address. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm not doxing because his name was there. (laughs) Uh, It says he and many other gay people find uh, find the use of the word queer insulting and derogatory. And then it talks about some census. And it was like, uh, 1.5 million people declared themselves not heterosexual, but only 15,000 referred to themselves as queer. I think that was in England. Okay. And then he said, I suspect that many others like me consider the term to be insulting and derogatory and not reclaimed. I'm a gay man of 66 years, which I don't understand that. Does that mean that he's 66 years old or that he's been a gay man <laughs> for 66? Is he like 86? <laughs> he like and counted he came out the, amount t- of, <laughs> the amount of you years. You know, the wording was off to me. Yeah. Anyways, I'm a gay man of 66 years with many friends and acquaintances and no, no one would refer to themselves as queer. It would be such a small minority of activists that has encouraged the media to use this word without considering its offensiveness to people. And then this is where he, I was already lost. Mm -hmm. Then he says, you wouldn't use the N word. So don't use the Q word. The Q word. The Q word. Fuck off. Literally fuck off. Also like, he would factory reset if he heard us calling each other faggots. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. By his argument, I can't call myself a dyke. Like, Apparently. I am a dyke. That's I, offensive. I, I reclaim that word, and I'm sure there are plenty of lesbians out there that would not like to be called a dyke for their own reasons. Yeah. That's fine. They don't have to be called, they don't have to call themselves or refer to themselves as a dyke. But for me, it feels empowering to call myself a dyke. Absolutely. I love the word dyke. So I literally like, what, game what with my two gay friends, yeah. and every time they're like, 
are there any faggots down to game? Like, that's literally how we <laughs> throw yeah. we throw it out there to see if anybody is game. You know what? It's interesting with the word queer, just to give like some background, I guess, like generationally. Because your mom hated it. My right? mom hated it. So yeah. when I first came out like publicly, I posted, I've talked about it before. I've posted a YouTube video called I'm Coming Out because it was my way to like rip off the Band-Aid for anyone I went to high school with, anyone in the community I grew up with. Just like I heard a lot of rumors going around and this was my way to be like, okay, everyone's already talking about it. Let me just make a video, post it on my Facebook and at least it's coming from my mouth and how I feel about my sexuality. And during that video, I referred to myself as both a lesbian as well as queer. And this is coming from someone who is a millennial. At the time I was in university and in university, there was a club that I wasn't part of, but it was um, the Queer Alliance Club. Yeah. So every experience that I had with the word queer was one that it was being reclaimed or it was a great umbrella term for summing it up because even lgbtq plus a lot of people feel we're left out of we're things, missing yeah. things and you could stand there all day and I know this is kind of like a fucking straight person thing to say but like how many more letters of the alphabet are you gonna add but oh my God, carl like, <laughs> is that <laughs> carl, you carl. but like it's it's hard to kind of sum it up and yeah. even as a creator when i'm making tiktoks and things like that if i don't want people to feel excluded i will use the term queer because sometimes i consider gay as an umbrella term i consider gay to include lesbian bisexual a lot of people don't so if i say gay they'll be like oh but i'm bisexual i also see it in your tiktok comments all the time all the you saying time. i'm gay and people are like don't use that uh, literally <laughs> and you're like, like first like, of all I'm like fight what? Me. <laughs> yeah so it's to me queer is a fantastic umbrella term and my experience and the time that i grew up and the time that i was coming out I had never received it as an insult. Yeah. So I can empathize with older generations and their association with the word being a negative one. So during this YouTube video that I posted, I called myself queer and my mom texted me and was like, I watched your video, basically like, I'm proud of you, but it was really upsetting hearing you refer to yourself as queer. Right. Because her perspective of it was that I was like insulting myself. And I was like, I couldn't understand. I was like, why? And I explained the thing about the club at my university and that like a lot of people use it in a very positive way. Yeah. But for her, it's a, it was a wild insult. So it's just a generational gap, I think. I get, I totally get that, yeah. and I understand that's the same as people not liking you saying dyke or yeah. me saying fag or anything mm-hmm. like that. I get that everybody has their own limits yeah. and their own boundaries, yeah. but I also think you have to look at it as a whole yeah. and see that people are trying to reclaim these words with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can't just flip a switch and make something inoffensive to totally, yourself. Yeah. But I think you have to look at the the grand picture and see all these people using a word that they find to be like an all encompassing, mm-hmm. like soft, warm umbrella. Like that's kind of how I feel about queer. Like totally. I feel like it's a word that I can use all the time mm-hmm. and it just encompasses like I'm talking about all y'all bitches. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, and I think meanings and definitions of words can change. Like they, yeah. the, it's very much the way that they're interpreted by society. Yeah. So I empathize with our, our I guy, empathize with Carl, Carl, but he lost 
all credibility he thought he had mm-hmm. when he made the comparison to using the N-word. I was like, You said the Q-word? The like, Q-word. Carl, Carl! Come on, you Carl! You know what you're doing, Come Carl. Come on, Carl. <laughs> like, Carl. I'm like, this oppression is not the same, Carl. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will continue to call myself queer, and I will continue to support folks that do not want to refer to themselves as queer. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to go up to someone and be like, hey, you queer. That's the like, thing. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to direct that at somebody. I've like, talked about this before, but yeah. me and my friends used the F slur because <laughs> I think it's great. Like, I yeah. was, that was the word for me that I was called me too, like, aggressively. Like, yeah. And now, mind you, we've decided that we want to start reclaiming um, saying that's gay. Oh, that's so gay. That's so gay. But like, right. we should say it when things also are bad. <laughs> Like, how funny is that? Like, you'd fucking drop a jar and it shatters. You're like, that's so gay. <laughs> We've finally convinced the high schoolers to not say that's so gay. And you want to bring it back? No, I don't want to bring it. Only gay people can use it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like only people, gay people can use dyke. How funny. I think that's hilarious. And then I yeah. also want to reclaim gay lord. <laughs> okay, gay lord is hysterical. The lord of gays. So uh, your honor. <laughs> I'm going to call you gay lord from now on. Yeah. That's what I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Bow down. I am the Lord of the Gays. Okay, this what's... is Doth Kingdom. Oh, fuck. Okay, what's your oh, fucking... my second one is has literally nothing to do with being queer. Okay. I, I'm like, I, you need to clip this so I can tag these channels. Okay. There is something that makes me... So incredible. It, it takes a lot to make me mad or okay. annoyed. This style of content makes me so furious mm-hmm. to the core that I've thought about making like solo TikToks just in response to these people. But then I'm like, I think that's what they want as well. And that what is are you talking about? content farming where specifically people make really bad recipes Oh, on purpose. Yes. It makes me so mad. And one of them's like, it's like yummy cooking or something. Mm-hmm. I literally wrote it down. But it's all fetish stuff. No, this one's not. No? It's just yeah, so it's, that they get comments being like, you did it wrong. It's yummy. The, this bitch is yummy cooking. Let me see. And I, I just, oh, my notes. Okay. Her most recent one, or one of her most recent ones, was her making pasta. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she has one of those pasta trays and she leaves the sticker in the bottom and then like dumps pasta on it it and then makes the pasta. And then she's like cutting ham and gets her dog to like lick her fingers. And then she's like still making it because they know they're going to get comments about it. Exactly. And it, first of all, that part of it Mm -hmm. bothers me to no end. Yeah. But the fact that people are getting so easily baited. Oh yeah. Is also so infuriating. Mm -hmm. But all of this is like, Are you not embarrassed that at like Mm -hmm. this? I think she's like 30 something. Oh, yeah. At 30 something, you're making TikToks Mm -hmm. almost every day of recipes that are inedible. Yeah. First of all, ever, that's just an annoying thing to do. Yeah. But it's like, have you been paying attention? Have you seen inflation? Like, it's wasteful. There's literally people that are like not able to eat right now because they're dying, Cam. Like, actually, though. (laughs) 
they're dead, bitch. <laughs> like <laughs> they've people, been be, dead. they've been dead. <laughs> Fucking Galen Weston is robbing us blind. Yeah, true. <laughs> like all this shit is happening, and your content is literally just to make like a giant sheet of pasta every mm-hmm. day that you aren't gonna eat. It's so annoying. Yeah. And then I saw somebody tweet about it, and they were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that people keep falling for this content farming and like comment baiting." Yeah. And so that's how they responded to the video. And the comments underneath were like, oh my God, I can't believe she left the the sticker on. And I'm like, this tweet is calling this out and you still fell for it? But like we, the media literacy is at an all time well, low. Well, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I've, I've talked about it on this podcast before. All you have to do is go on comment sections of TikTok to realize how dumb the majority of the population yeah. is. The one that, in the same way that you have a visceral reaction to this type of content, yeah. my thing is couple pranks. Because... There are so many TikTok accounts with like 11 million followers where it's obviously fake. It's the same people that think WWE is fucking real. Okay. Like, (laughs) Like it's so painfully set up and obviously fake. Obviously when there's fucking three camera angles and a partner walks in and is like, I have to tell you, I've been cheating on you. And then the person like does like a fucking backflip in, in anger, <laughs> like all this shit. And then they're like, ah, just pretending like, also, do you not think, are, are you not registering that they've made 3000 prank videos? So do you think that the partners would be onto it at a certain point? Even if like, maybe you could argue the first 10 were real, their entire job is, is fake pranking. Is fake pranking. <laughs> so like obviously if anything weird happens in their life, they're gonna like by their partner or whatever, they're gonna know that they're doing it for a TikTok setup. They or all those ones it's like 50 first oh, dates. So <laughs> That's annoying. the other option. Literally, yeah. It's Drew Barrymore and 50 first dates. It has dates, to be. And every day they're forgetting that That's they're the being pranked. That's the only way they could actually be real. Yeah. And it's, they're not even good at acting. And all the comments I've are never like, laughed oh my at a prank. God. No, all the comments are like, oh my God, I would lose it. You totally got him. Oh my God. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, what the fuck? I'm going to be bold and brave here. Can I be bold and brave? Uh, when have you not been able to? The other one that kills me, and I respect them because they've done really well and they're very successful with it. And I also love and support members of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So take this with a grain of salt. But another example of this is they're playing it to their favor and I love them for that. There is a lesbian couple on TikTok that oh, has I like 10 exactly million followers. Yeah. And they, they got married in the rain though. Okay, work. They did, is that the one that you're talking about? No, oh. that's a different oh, okay. one. The, the, I've got other words, but... <laughs> <laughs> this episode is just violence now. <laughs> no, these two, what they do is one of the couple, one of one half of the couple walks in and says like a pickup line, like a really dirty, raunchy pickup line. Okay. And then the other person is always reacting, but they're always like playing dumb. So it'll be like... Her in the kitchen, like doing dishes or whatever. And then her girlfriend will walk in and be like, I noticed you got soap in your hands. Why don't you put it in my pussy? Like, that's not what they actually yeah. say, but like an actual pickup line. And then the girl's facial expression every time is like, oh, like, oh my, oh my God, like what'd you do? And like, it's every video. So it's like, obviously there's no surprise factor anymore. Obviously it's like, hey babe, like I'm about to film a a TikTok, can you pretend like you're busy? Like, we're going to do it right now. Yeah. G- good for them. They're doing it and it's working. But, like, 
there's something about that type of content where it's like obviously planned, but they try and make it not look planned. Yeah. That is so fascinating to me. Also just like, once and again. no hate on them. Cause it's fucking working. They're absolutely killing it. But all the comments think it's actually just like natural. I'm going to say hate on them. Are you not, <laughs> are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed by your content? <laughs> Imagine somebody being like, Oh, I make TikToks like at a party. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, what, what kind? And then they show you, like, are you not embarrassed? See all of this. Combi- I don't think they're embarrassed. Cause their banks accounts that's, are fucking change, change, change. Yeah. So I don't know if I had that much money rolling in, I'd, I'd be, that's I'd like fully selling your it. soul to the devil though. At that point. Um, I mean, they seem like, a. I gotta say, they seem like a nice couple. They seem like they're having fun. The only thing that's fascinating, it's not a hate on them. It's just, I find it fascinating that people still think it's just like an authentic, genuine moment. See, this is everything that I, I hate all of those things. But then I think I hate the food one the most because I hate food waste. (laughs) So it's literally like a concentrated form of everything that I despise. I get, I can't leave leftovers and throw them out in my fridge, let alone fucking bake a daily sheet of like it was the same with the grape pasta. Do you remember when they were making the pasta with the grapes and everybody's like, that looks awful. It is awful. It is. Or like the people that literally make like giant stacks of feta that they like put all the shit, all the shit in. And then it's like, clearly nobody's eating this. Yeah. It makes me so mad. So yummy cooking. Count count your fucking days. (laughs) (laughs) They're just trying to make it like, they're not even trying to make good food. They're just trying to make it look as obnoxious as possible. So they get comments. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But also, how are people falling for this still? I don't know. That's it's the scary thing about it's the same people that like that like WWE and think it's real. Yeah. Well, they don't even think it's real. They just they like to they find it entertaining. So they like to just get in on it. Like they they don't want to see past the curtain. It's like with those that fucking like uh, French gay couple. They're like that, too. Oh, yeah. Pierre and fucking Cuckoo or whatever the fuck he calls himself. Cuckoo, Yeah, like, what the fuck does he always say? Like, it's, like, fucking weird. I don't know. I don't follow them. <laughs> and they they always are doing those kind of, like, couple prank ones. They're in their car and they've got the thing yeah. set up. And it's so obviously, like, pre-planned. I think the only... Actually, the only prank that I've ever laughed at yeah. is that one of that person that was in the car pretending like they're an influencer, which like it was also probably set up because I didn't see you, this one where they were just like, hey, guys, and they were like pretending to do their oh, day. Oh, yeah. I thought that was funny. That and was funny. Significant others like what? The but fuck? I think that's the only prank I've ever laughed at. Like pranks just besides being mm-hmm. fake just aren't funny. Yeah, I think only really works like maybe once on a partner like that you don't regularly make content with like julia my partner does not watch tiktok she does not have tiktok anything if i did one of those pranks on her she wouldn't have ever seen them done before yeah. she'd probably actually genuinely fall for it like so you're once telling or me twice. that you're going to be a prank channel. no but like once or twice it would work and then after that she'd be like you're filming obviously me. filming me and yeah. doing another prank like obviously it would get her like once or twice you know, I want to see you try to prank Julia now. <laughs> just for the, she's also like she's it's Julia. She wouldn't like she's not a big no, reactor no, either. She'd just be like, "What are you saying? <laughs> like what? Like she'd just be confused." Maybe I should try just for the experiment. You should. Sake. Okay. Well, we need to get into um. Oh, straight spaces. Yeah. Sorry, I liked pranks and violence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so straight spaces. I brought up this topic because I think we've talked a lot about queer spaces and the importance of them. And I also (laughs) think that I 
am so in my own bubble uh-huh. the majority of the time yeah. that I forget straight people exist half the time. Literally. Like, like actually. Yeah. And I am so surrounded by like-minded individuals, which I acknowledge can be a dangerous thing because it, it farms ignorance because it's the reason that a lot of people in very forward confirmation thinking, bias. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people in very forward thinking cities or spaces that are like, it's all good now. LGBTQ plus people have no problems. And like, it, it's easy to fall down that trap when you're surrounded by people that agree with you. And I think for me personally, I have curated a community yeah. which makes me feel very safe and uh, welcome and I don't worry in conversations that I'm going to have to like stick up for my basic moral beliefs um, because I just don't have time to associate with people who disagree. But because of that, I have been out of quote unquote straight spaces for so long that every once in a while when I revisit one, yeah. it is like jarring. Mm-hmm. And by straight spaces, obviously I don't mean like actual like straight bars. Like there's not like an actual like bar that's like, we're a straight space. Well, but there's you like know. Home Depot. Oh no, that's no, pretty. Lesbians that's love lesbians. Home Depot. They, but Home Depot doesn't like the lesbians. No. You gotta go to Lowe's. Really? Yeah. Home Depot gives money to anti-gay stuff. I couldn't be found at either of those places. Home Depot is very close to my home, so I'm going there. I, I, you got to pick your battles. As Lauren would say, you vote with your dollar. But in this case, the convenience of the dollar, I'm going to. Wow, that's I'm, I'm super lows of you. <laughs> I hate you. Um, so. Can I say something about this whole thing? Okay. You know. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll just shut the fuck up if you want me to. Okay. Yeah. I like you, this sweater because you gave me one too. I did, You yeah. should have told me we we're matching ones. Oh, it's my house. <laughs> I could have just put it on if you wore it. That's true. You're the aspect that... I'll wear it in like three weeks. Perfect. I'm actually going to change after this episode because it's quite warm. Okay. Um, Sorry, what did you want to say? That was very What I was going to say is based eyes. on the bubble. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see roller eyes. Now you're adding another layer that I missed. Yeah. Based on the bubble and the conversation, mm-hmm. I think there's... <laughs> there's layers to it. We have mm-hmm. our bubble, yeah. but then sometimes I feel like I'm breaking out of my bubble when I'm with like my parents or their friends. Yeah. But I forget that my parents are partially the way they are because I've just absolutely broken them down over years and yes. I've had conversations with them and they shockingly to my knowledge as well mm-hmm. have had conversations with their friends there's, yeah. there's a trickle down effect trickle down economics of exactly. being queer yes so it's like sometimes I feel like I'm out of my bubble mm-hmm. and I will hear like a comment being made like yeah. I, I I know I've heard like dumb comments at like my parents Super Bowl party yeah. just things being said mm-hmm. but I feel like to me that's me out of my bubble but it's not it's not there there's so many layers past yes, that. Yes, exactly. And that's a good point. That's that's what you're talking about. Yes. Is when you get fully out of fully your out. Like that's true. Because when I'm with my family, like they're straight, but because they're around me, because they've experienced a lot of my content, because they've hung out with my friends, like they've learned a lot about the queer community. Or, Q-word community, yes, sorry. Jesus Christ. I've um, <laughs> heard a lot about the faggots. <laughs> <laughs> and so as much as I feel like I'm hanging out with straights, it's like the most closely aligned straights. Yeah, and you're like, I can't believe they would say that. Yeah, and it's them it's... being like, did Britney need to be freed? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. Meanwhile, people are like actively throwing out like racism and slurs of when yeah. you're when you're out of your bubble. It's wild. So, um, I think also I I had a recent experience, which is why I wanted to talk about this topic. I also think that going to this space that was like so far out of the bubble reaffirmed for me how important queer spaces are because I've seen a lot of talk on the internet as there always has been about like, can't you just welcome everyone? Why do we really need queer spaces? And um, I talked about a few episodes ago about how if straight people are coming because they enjoy dancing at clubs that are queer, yeah. but they're not showing up in other ways. Like I personally don't agree with that, etc. Carl's going to lose his mind at this episode. Absolutely. Um, and it really reaffirmed it for me because I'm like these same people a lot of times are around people that are speaking this way or feeling this way. But if they're not standing up for us when they're not in the queer spaces, then keyword spaces, it's just as bad. <laughs> so I went to a house party a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and at said party, I told someone about this the other day, a friend, and they were so appalled because they're also in a very LGBTQ plus bubble um, or allied bubble. They were like, this is so bad. It sounds fake. Like it's hard to process that people still feel this way. So if homophobia triggers you, if like any of that kind of stuff triggers you, this is not going to be the conversation for you. I was only there for a few hours. And in this time, keep in mind, I knew a few people and then everyone else was like friends of friends or people I had never met whatsoever. Yeah. This is just like the Cliff's notes of what I would overhear. Okay. Um, One of the things was a topic of conversation was how worried people were for their um, straight white sons growing up in this world. Oh, they've had it so hard. We hit that topic so that that (laughs) one was checked off very quickly. Um, Which I I feel for. (laughs) That is one of the causes I'm very (laughs) affected by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another one that I had the pleasure of um, experiencing was the debate that it is fucked up that gay marriage was legalized federally because there's certain states that don't want that. So to, and I quote, impose that on places that don't want that is fucked up. And Mm. their example was Georgia doesn't want gay marriage. So why should they have to allow it? And I was like, who's they? (laughs) Because like you're saying because like the majority of the votes are bigots that the gay people that live there shouldn't be able to get married. They also probably think Georgia is a woman named Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do you think they all went down and cast their vote in 100%? 100%. We're like, we don't want it. We're being imposed. If that happened in Georgia, I might agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) So I literally said to them, I was like, so. Their argument back to me, because I obviously got upset. Yeah. They were like, well, um, I believe in gay marriage and where we want, people want it. But other places, they don't want it. So to impose that, they kept using the word impose. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Um, I was like, so let me clarify. If I lived in Georgia, I shouldn't be able to marry my partner of seven years. Because my neighbors don't want me to. They literally, I shit you not, I thought I was going to get them there. And they were going to go, oh, I feel bad saying that. They go, well, yeah, probably not. To my face at a fucking party. You're like dragged. I was you like, got my ass. Uh, 
So, and it was so baffling because I'm like, here are these people that grew up in the same area I grew up in, are similar age to me. Like this, I'm not talking to like boomers or yeah. like people that are totally out of touch. They were similar age? Similar age. Similar age. Yeah, similar age. Like 30s. I thought these people were like 60. No. And I was like, give them a few years, they'll No. <laughs> No. That's concerning. I, yes, it was jarring because I was like, I genuinely didn't think that besides like crazies on the internet that I would ever have to have like an in-person debate like that again, yeah. where I am literally debating in person to someone and they're outwardly debating back to me that I shouldn't have the same rights as people. Like, what? Well, Georgia doesn't want you to. <laughs> she said. <laughs> so that was another one. Okay. Here's another, That's a good one. Here's another really fun little moment that we had. Um, I was talking to um, a friend, and they made some sort of joke about me being gay, but it was a friendly joke. Yeah. And a person overheard... Um, this joke and this person at the party, I probably, I've, I've never talked to them before. I exchanged maybe five words with them earlier in the night. Like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, that's the vibe. Like, it's not like I've ever had a conversation with this person. This person doesn't know me. I don't know them. Complete stranger, basically. And, um, they overheard this and they were like, oh God, are you talking about gay people? Cause I think they thought we were like making fun of gay people and they were like excited to get in on it. You guys just like, I hate gay people. And they're like, hell yeah. They're like, this is a conversation I can get behind. Now this. <laughs> like what the hell? So literally my friend goes, oh no, 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 no. Like I wasn't making fun of gay people. She's a lesbian. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. This oh, man no. and I I can't even believe this happened. I was in shock. This man literally goes to me and he was not making a joke. He said it seriously. I want to make that clear. He goes, love your category on Pornhub. Turns around and walks away. Didn't even give me a chance to respond. Uh, looks maybe down. Love your category on Pornhub. Turns around and walks away. And this person was like 30? Like probably 35. And I am not joking you. I left this space. My mental health was so rocked by this because it was the first time in a long time where I have felt so like viscerally like alone. Yeah. And also like a lot of times when I am in my mind correcting people or trying to teach people it's because they've maybe used like slightly incorrect terminology or the way they said something came off in a way. It's not like they are outwardly inherently disagreeing with my moral beliefs. It's like the example of family stuff. If you overhear someone is like, Oh no, you can't actually say it that way. This is the correct word or whatever, but they're coming from a decent like place. They're trying, if you will, this experience I was like how am I in 2023 in the neighborhood I grew up with in the similar age bracket as all these people yeah arguably had a very similar upbringing to me and they could not disagree more with my existence yeah and have no issue and saying it out loud at a party talking about it not no embarrassment about that just and, and no one's disagreeing with them. And it got, it was so upsetting like, to me because I thought I'm in a position right now 
where, and it's another reason I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to say to my, our listeners, cause I know people will relate to this, especially if they live in certain areas or if they're in places where they are kind of forced to be around people like this a lot. When I was younger, I tried to change everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. And when I left this space, I felt almost really ashamed that I didn't like stick up for myself more. Yeah. Um, and the community more. And then I thought, you know what? It's not my job. Like I am a lesbian individual who's alone in this space of predominantly men who are outwardly disagreeing with me, saying really homophobic shit, being completely rude. It's not my job to take on the emotional weight of that. Like protecting myself in a lot of ways. Like when that guy walked away after saying the Pornhub category thing to me, I was like, it's not worth my mental health to say that because you know what's going to happen. If I went up to that guy and was like, that was really fucked up what you said. He would have been like, I was trying to make a joke. Yeah, like, you're going to take a drama. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, and I'd be the dramatic lesbian at the party. Yeah. Also, like, th- there's the emotional yeah. side of it. Mm-hmm. But also, you honestly, if people are that comfortable saying shit like that, yeah. like it could slide into like literal, like physical violence. It's like, like I'm not you, kidding. It's, it becomes scary. Yeah. And I can't describe it other than I felt like I was actually witnessing in the flesh, like incel Reddit forums. No, like no, I was like, I were. know that these spaces exist and I know that there's men out there that like agree with Andrew Tate and all these fucking wackos on the internet. And in the same way that my bubble and the news and the media and the creators that are curated for me due to algorithms is one way. Yeah. Their spaces, like their for you pages, their news feeds look completely different. And it's a danger of social media because inherently both in person in their little bubbles, but also online, they're just being fed information and opinions that agree with what they already think. And then they just get deeper and deeper into the hole. And I genuinely like think that they believe they are on the right side. Oh, for sure. And it's also similar to that joke or comment Mm -hmm. that people make on TikTok, Yeah. Where they'll start a video and it's a stitch and then all the comments are like, oh, I thought that I accidentally made it onto straight TikTok. Yes. They literally would feel the exact same about like, oh my God, I can't believe I almost was on queer yeah, TikTok. totally. But theirs is so much more malicious than how we would say. Oh, like, a thousand percent. Yeah. Well, I just think it was both unsettling and terrible for my mental health, but also a very... I hate using the word good, but like a strong reminder that things are not okay. Things in a lot of ways are not getting better. I hate to say it often right now they're getting worse. They are. Yeah. And there's a lot of fight left to do and I don't think it'll ever end, but for there to be people out there that say that we don't need queer spaces or that, Oh, like, you can get married. Like your rights are the same. Like whatever. What are you still complaining about? Like stop talking about how you're gay all the time. Like saying you're gay out loud on social media is an act of resistance against these people because they want to shove it down as far as possible. And I literally left that space more charged up than ever. I was like, fuck all these fucking assholes. It is crazy though, that Vancouver's like quite 
a liberal place. Yes, this is in Vancouver. Our local politics. Oh, they were swinging around the R word. They were like, it was just a nightmare. They really just like to throw a full net on everything too. Oh yeah, it was like, okay, we got misogyny, ableism, racism, uh, homophobia. Yeah, honestly, I think honestly, against women, Mm, got that. I don't think I stayed long enough for the transphobia, but I'm sure we would have got there. Oh Um, yeah, it was coming for sure, but yeah. Yeah, so that was like very upsetting. Yeah, it's a little jarring. It was just also disappointing because I'm like, here I'm going, seeing a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time, that it was kind of a reminder that at one point we probably could have had a conversation where we had similar thoughts or beliefs because we were in high school together and we were friends. And then it's like, I went this direction and learned and grew this way. Yeah. You went the opposite way. But I also feel like with the media right now, I feel maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. in this feeling or maybe you feel similarly. I feel like, a few years ago, yeah, there were points that those conversations almost would have been easier as well. Totally, yeah. But I feel like recently, mm-hmm. the media has really empowered people that have that mindset. Yeah. And they have found their people mm-hmm. recently yeah. more than ever with Trump, with Andrew yeah. Tate. Like, that whole fucking incel, yeah. racist whole misogyny community has felt more backed than ever. Oh, so it's like now I don't even feel like those conversations could happen. That's (laughs) what I mean by it's getting worse because again, like you said, you're not trying to, I think those people feel very empowered in their beliefs because they see someone tweet something terrible and it gets, you know, 20,000 likes. So they're like, how can I be wrong? Cause this many people agree with me. Yeah. Whereas before, if you were like, that's fucked up. You can't say that. They were like, Oh really? Whereas now it's like, Oh, of course I can. And you're fucked up for telling me I can't. Cause this is my belief. And they see people like fucking, um, Steven Crowder oh, getting like $50 million deals. Yeah. And it's, telling them that mm-hmm. people that have this disgusting grifter yeah like conservative mindset people that literally think uh shootings at uh schools are fake yeah yeah that this mindset is rewarded mm-hmm. more than ever i feel like a few years ago obviously people have thought like this consistently totally i don't think the mindset has gotten any worse but i feel like a few years ago people were almost embarrassed mm-hmm. because they didn't feel like they had a big group of other people. People feel safe to be outspoken about it now. Yeah. I will say this, and I don't want to discourage anyone who's listening who's a younger listener, because I think if you find your community and your spaces, like it will get better for you personally. Yeah. But I will say this last year in particular, I feel more unsafe as a queer person than I ever have. I agree. In my life. Yeah. Which is so scary because everything we've been taught is that it keeps getting better and we're getting more forward thinking and things are going to get easier for us to be outwardly queer and be supported by the general public. And this last year in the, it feels like we've gone back like so fucking far. And I was talking actually full circle to, um, Mr. Carl over here. Mm -hmm. I was talking, um, to, 
a gay person who identifies as an elder gay person and they were saying um are they? I'm, just, I'm not calling them <laughs> okay. old no they are they are they're they're yeah they're in their 60s okay. and like... and they were saying something they're worried about with the younger generation yeah. is that they don't feel because a lot of the younger queer generation doesn't know a lot of queer history they don't feel that young lgbtq plus folks are necessarily equipped for the wave that they see coming yes in the sense that they how to protect themselves yeah. and how to both stand up for themselves but also know when to dip out yeah. and i think that's why i wanted to bring up the reminder that if you are in a space where you feel unsafe the internet media makes it feel like it's our job to stick up for everyone all the time and sometimes you need to protect yourself yeah i would just, say your own your own safety comes and it's the same thing i feel when people say oh well, when should i come out because my family's really homophobic and i'm scared and i'm like if you know in your gut that you're scared and you feel like you could potentially in any way be unsafe when you come out to your family whether that's you're still living at home or you don't have a backup plan or whatever it may be don't I also, it doesn't make you less gay. No, I also wish it wasn't the case. Yeah. But unfortunately, that conversation mm-hmm. that you would be willing to have isn't going to change somebody's mind, most likely. No. You're not going to no. be the final piece of the puzzle yeah. that makes somebody homophobic unhomophobic. No, you're not. Like, if that transition happens for the mm-hmm. most part it's a consistent yeah. conversation over time, yeah. over time mm-hmm. with somebody that has mutual respect most mm-hmm. likely or what i've yeah. found in my life the people mm-hmm. that have shifted opinion it's been a mutual understanding that there's yeah. like a relationship mm-hmm. we want to continue or build yeah and it's a consistent mm-hmm. slow but steady pace yeah <laughs> it's not Learning and unlearning. It's not. Gonna I'm not going to be at a house a party. Converse- like fuck you for saying that. And everybody bud. goes. And he's Whoa! Be like, Wait a second. Yeah. That was really rude and inappropriate of me to associate your sexuality with what I jack off to outwardly and openly at a party when you're a stranger who I don't know. No one's going to say that. He's no. going to go. Well, I was joking. I think the Sorry. the Jesus Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> I think. For a lot of things, it mm-hmm. is still getting better. Yeah. And it does get better. Mm-hmm. But the danger with things getting better is the more you shine a light on something, yeah. the more outcasted the other side feels from that. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, there's so much awareness around transgendered rights, all these like very important topics, mm-hmm. but people see us getting more powerful in that and yeah. us being, you know, empowered, empowered and they feel that they need to be empowered to take that down. That's so it's what... like a push and pull constantly. Mm-hmm. Someone made a good point to me the other day that humans inherently, regardless of if it's true or not, and most of the times it's not, think about rights or rules or um, opinions as a pie. And a lot of people believe that if someone gets more, uh, you know, airtime in the media, or if someone uh, all of a sudden gets a certain right that they've always had, they inherently feel like theirs is being taken away. Like there's less pie for them. Or they 
from what I have seen, mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly in the States, yeah. a lot of people feel like when queer people get a piece of pie, mm-hmm. even though that pie is something that they've had forever, yeah. they think that they should also get a piece of pie. Yeah, like an additional one on it's top like of it. It's like your pie is complete. Yeah. I only have three pieces now and you've yeah. had those pieces for years. Forever. And they're like, but you got this, so I should get something. It's like, yeah. that's n- no, that's not how it we're works. going for equality. Yeah, here. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. Well, on a lighter note to wrap it up, um, I last night was at a friend's birthday. Yes. And after this friend's birthday, I um, stopped by a queer space. So it was funny because the friend's birthday was straight and I would argue probably I don't know everyone there. So let's say 90 percent of the people at the table are identifying as heterosexual and cis. Okay. So um, it's one of my best, longest friends and she's wonderful and fantastic and so supportive of me. And um, I'm very close with her, but all of her friends and her community is very different than mine. So I don't know a lot of those people or I know them, but I wouldn't hang out with them regularly. Anyway, so it was just so funny, the contrast. And again, this is in a lighter note um, because everyone was so wonderful and kind and there was zero homophobia flying around or anything like that. But I walk into this very nice restaurant downtown and all these girls are sitting at this long table. There's maybe 15 girls there all in their Aritzia bodysuits and their patent leather skirts and they're like it they was like they're super puffs off. yeah like it was like it was all like the same hair extensions the same type of curls the yeah. same like it was all like similar vibes and um and uh you know the topics of conversation are a certain way because in the same way that we talk about certain Having stuff rights. yeah <laughs> and so it just it's kind of it was funny because i was like i feel like uh, I am sticking out in this environment. Yeah. Like I feel like the dykety dyke kudos walked in here because my style is just different and the things I talk about are different and, but everyone's wonderful. So anyways, we have a good time. I'm like, wow, I really feel like the person's standing out in a room of straight women. And then I stop by the queer space and in queer spaces, I feel like I'm the most basic bitch. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like on both sides of the coin, like I'm never just like kind of in it. Like I go to like this like straight girl's birthday dinner and I feel like I'm standing out like sore thumb. And then I go to this queer space and I'm like, I could not be more basic here. Everyone's got like colored mullets and 800 tattoos and piercings and they're all wearing like funky clothes and like everything. And I'm just like, I'm basic as fuck here. Yeah. So it was just funny going back to back from one to the other and in one space feeling like I am just like the most outlandish person and the other feeling like I am just like... You could not be more bland. Totally bland. Yeah. Like the most basic of all basics. And that's... I think it's important. That's how I remember you as bland yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um but yeah i think that's also an important uh contrast that there's a lot of uh straight identifying folks that are wonderful allies and do their absolute darndest to not make lgbtq plus folks feel uncomfortable and make them feel welcome and hey there's a lot of straight women that'll stand up for you in their patent leather skirt hell yeah and those bitches would and then the <laughs> contrast to the other party where i was getting hate crimed um, that's you. I you feel know. like we say that as a, a joke sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I said it as a joke, and then as it came out of my mouth, I was like, but maybe "You I actually got did. a crime." <laughs> <laughs> I say that like when I overcook my pasta. Hate crime. <laughs> hate crime. <laughs> Glutinous hate crime. Oh my god. Yeah, no, you fully got hate crime. It was an experience. So, um, yeah, that's it for today. Make sure wherever you're listening, you are following 
or subscribed, make sure to follow us on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast. We have a very special announcement coming next episode. It's yeah. our 200th episode. So That's you're gonna, the announcement. You're gonna, you'll, but you're going to be wanting to follow us on Instagram. That's, yeah. You, that's, there's some exciting you, Well, stuff. you should always well, want to follow us on Instagram. Yeah, we shouldn't have to give you a reason. Oh. Do you want to see two hotties? <laughs> yes, or you do. What? <laughs> you can follow us personally at Sean.Luskin at Brian Williamson. And until next time, we will see, see you around, around the neighborhood. <laughs>